I love the micro anxieties you have. Hey! We are two sisters. By marriage. Who love to talk about stories. From writing fiction to creating elaborate plot lines in D&D. To drafting an entire novel in 30 days. We're out, out of, of initiative. initiative. So today, we're talking about the best time of year or the worst time of year. I'm really on the fence. I think it really depends on who you're talking to. But as far as writers go, it's like, I would say it's close to the Super Bowl as far as overall excitement and just getting hyped up about writing and drafting and connecting with other writers. Um, and it's coming right up, too. And if you We're haven't so already nice. guessed, it's National Novel Writing Month. Woo-woo. Uh, as you're listening to this, uh, we are now just a few days in. And uh, it is not too late if you have not picked your pen up yet or if you're a keyboard person, start tacking away because, like, I think that you can make up the time. We're... We're sure going to try, um, and it's going to be great. You're going to have a great time. Definitely, definitely. Go to the NaNoWriMo website and state your project and how many, what your goal is. If you're trying to either do time or you do word count, you can do either one. Set your goal, set your project. Um, definitely, definitely do it. I've done it. This will be my fifth year um so doing it and i just love every time i come out of it um just so pleased with my progress and writing and just excited about my work and everything else so not yeah, dazed and confused and like caffeine strung out and also maybe a little bit punch drunk like i feel like it's usually a little bit like which way's up again i think and i think there's part of it too because of thanksgiving towards the end of it that really I think that stumps a lot of people because they're so busy with you know as they should be cooking or having company or whatever and then it just they were making such good progress and then that week that really hits them hard so um I do have some suggestions if you'd like to hear I want to hear all your suggestions because I personally am an advocate for pack your schedule too tight and then you don't have time to think about the fact that uh you were behind on your word count but like maybe that's not the healthiest solution so I like please tell me Sarah what what am I supposed to be doing no yeah like with NaNoWriMo, the biggest thing is it's a marathon. It's not a sprint. And I have many writer friends, and we've talked about what was um, what worked for us, what successes were, were good for us. And many writers, the first week or so, even the first couple days, will just slam out like four or 5,000 words in a day Guilty. and then burn out, like hit a wall. And then it's just, they struggle after that to keep up. And if you do the math, um, so generally the goal is 50,000 words. That's what most people um, do. That's kind of the default with NaNoWriMo. You can obviously go higher, lower, whatever. But to hit 50,000, you need to do 16 to 1,700 words a day. A day. Every day for 30 days. Depending how fast the typer you are and that kind of thing i feel like i could do 1700 words in about two hours so that's not i mean i could there are times i can go probably an hour but 
that gives you time to like get up, get a drink of water, stretch your legs, that kind of thing. Like two hour writing session, you could do it. Um, so you consistently do that for 30 days. Um, that's my biggest, <laughs> my biggest piece of advice is on your first couple days, set your goal, say 1700, say 1800, whatever you want. And then once you hit it, get up and walk away, walk away from the keyboard, close down your editing software, whatever you're working on as much as you want to keep going. Trust me, you want to stop and take a break. Um, because you will, you'll just hit a wall. Um, one of the things that I found helpful because when I'm writing and you get into a spot and you're just flowing and you're just, you're just cooking along, right? You just want to keep going is, um, I will, and I know I need to stop. I'll stop. And then I will get like a piece of like scratch paper notebook and then write like a paragraph of what needs to happen next, just while it's in my mind. Mm. And then the next day when I come back, I'm like, oh yeah, this person needs to talk to this person. This person needs to go here and I can just pick it right back up. So I don't feel like I'm abandoning it or completely dropping everything. It's still there. It's still like keeps that momentum going. Um, so that, that would be my first tip. If you, obviously, if you're starting a few days late, you're going to have to work a little harder to catch up. Not that much harder. Um, I think that like there's, it's very achievable, right? Like if you, especially if you're talking about like an 1800 or 2000 word goal, like you write that much in a text message to your mom when you haven't texted her in six months. Like that's not that many words in the grand no, scheme. No, it's not. And, and I, you know, again, if you're a faster typer, go for it, you know, knock them out. Um, but yeah, it's not, it's just the consistency day, day, day. And I talked, you know, a lot of the writers I know, that's the biggest, the career authors, that's the biggest thing is they write every day, no matter what, 5am or 6am in the morning, they write for an hour or two before they go to their day job or with their kids or whatever else they're going to do for the rest of the day. Every day they sit down, they write, um, consistently. And that's what NaNoWriMo, I think really tries to encourage and kind of teach writers two things first of all i will be the advocate i understand that a lot of people say nanorimo i have always said nanorimo and i do not know i understand that this is like kind of some conflict so i just want to make sure that we know that both sides are represented here um i've always called it nanorimo and i was confused when people were saying remo it doesn't matter anyway the important thing here is uh i am the opposite end of the spectrum i am a binge writer uh i will sit down on the first day uh and i will share my i will share some of my past uh graphs and you can see where i was uh successful i've competed three times and this will be my fourth this is our, our fourth my fourth time around i've won twice and once i burned myself out so bad i couldn't write for like six months <laughs> Yes. And that's, and that's a very, it's very real. And, and I understand because when you are just taken by a story and it just grips you and you just want to pour it out as fast as you can. And, um, for the, you know, it's great. And I, I mean, that's wonderful, but to keep it going long-term is sometimes not reasonable it's not super um, sustainable it's not a super sustainable model not just yeah sustainable you're it's not just emotionally or mentally but like your wrists and your fingers and your back like will start to hurt yeah. and um so i yeah definitely take some breaks um back to your nano rimo nano remo <laughs> a lot of us just call it nano 
We just I think it's it easier. It's just nano, sort of so, like an, a, like a pronunciation agnostic way to approach it, which I think is very, um, you know, very proper of you, very PC. Yes, and and any writer, author, you mentioned nano, they know exactly what you're talking about. So, um, so that was the my number one tip. Another um, one I really have is doing the brackets because. That was a big game changer you, for me. Yes. And I can't I can't remember which writer it was specifically told me, but when you're doing nano, you definitely wanna, you know, keep your momentum going. And if you're like three hundred words in or four hundred words in and you've been at it for like an hour and a half and you're just kind of losing steam and you get to a spot, say your character arrives at a old mansion and you have to describe it. Um, everything, the wood, the sights and smells and sounds. Um, and you can't, like, you just can't. Like, your brain is just done. Just bracket it and be like, describe mansion and move on. Go to the dialogue, go on to whatever else um, you need to talk about. And then when you go back, when you're all done, you can edit it and add into that. Um, definitely, definitely a game changer. That, was, that helped me a lot. I think the first year I got really set on like, no, I'm just going to keep going. I'm going to describe it to the best of my ability and then move on. And then I would waste like some days because, right, so I'm a binge writer. So like all on a Saturday, five to seven K, no problem. Like that's, and I feel good and I love it and it's my happy place. Uh, and then the next day I got all the ideas out and I don't have any other ideas. So I am a completionist and I want it to say that I wrote every single day. So I will write 200 words, 300 words. Um, 150 words. I've had a couple of <laughs> days. The first year that I won, I had some zero days in a row, uh, and that just felt bad. And then I had to work really, really hard on the last day. And I think I wrote like 12k at the last night, uh, and then finished at like 11:45 p.m. on November 30th, uh, and then just sobbed hysterically because it's just such a journey. Um, but like on days when I only have 400 words worth of like stuff to write, and I don't have the description, it's just not there. I just don't have it right now, uh, like mentally. Uh, the throwing in a pair of brackets and being like, describe the creepy room was was really helpful. I think that you gave me that advice in the first year, and I just, I love it. I have to say, you're probably not the first writer to break down in tears at the end of NaNo. <laughs> I, I think definitely it's a journey. Yeah. Emotional journey. I cried the second year I finished, too, but it was a little more like, oh my god, look at how far I've come. Because the first year I... I uh, so I've competed many, many years in the past, lots of times. I had never been successful and I really just didn't like count those attempts because I just like wasn't very, like I didn't have a routine. I stuck with it for a little bit. I've got like 50 started stories that are like three pages in. And then I, like I abandoned it before I even got to the 1600 word, word mark. Right. So just like, that's not worth it. Don't count that. Uh, and then finally started to like concerted effort and finished 1145. Uh, I, I will, sh I will share that photo on social too. Cause it's a really, like, it's a really good one. Isaac brought me a glass of champagne and it's just like me crying, like at the end of my book, like trying to drink champagne like just before midnight on a work night. Uh, and then the following year I did a terrible job. Uh, just really established bad habits. And then the third year, so this last year got in really felt like I had a groove. We did sprints together, which was really helpful. Like that was nice to have like a writing buddy and to go back and forth. And I was using the brackets more often, a lot more often when like, uh, Valora goes here, Casimir does blah, blah, blah. Okay, great. Move on. Uh, and then I throw in the bracket and then, and then keep going. And I actually finished, I want to say like 5 PM on the 30th, which was like way more reasonable and like 
on pace versus, you know, past years, just like, you know, a 10K day and then like call it and hope for the best. But yeah, it's um, it definitely like it's an ebb and flow. I mean, it's a it's an interesting relationship, I think, that we all have with writing that sort of leads to this. And you mentioned the sprints. And if people aren't familiar, writing sprints are where you just sit down and you set a timer for like 20 minutes, 30 minutes, um, and you just write everything you can in that amount of time and then um, take a break, like a 10 minute, 15 minute break, and then do another set of sprints. And um, it's really, really great for hitting that word count, especially if you're just kind of just not feeling it, not <laughs> for whatever reason. And if you can find a buddy, um, either via Discord or just through the Nano uh, website, they have uh, the buddy program. It's wonderful. Um, you can send requests to other, find other writers, um, that kind of thing, and just and do those sprints. It's great. It's great. And I believe the Nano website has a little timer um, up on the very top built into the website. So you can just run the timer and then do your sprints that way too. They even have um, sprints through Twitter. So you can go through and they'll tweet like, hey, we're doing a sprint. And then you can just like, you see the tweet and they say your time starts now. And then you can start writing and then they say time's up and you just have the feed up and then you can kind of follow along, which is cool. It's, it's just nice to feel like you're doing it with somebody. Um, exactly. Yeah, yeah. It, you know, they've suspended in-person events for you know logical reason uh and uh they so we're not doing in person but like for me that's kind of easier it's like i get really self-conscious even when we're on video it's like i have to kind of push that off to the side to be like okay i'm just focusing i'm just gonna write this thing right now um yeah it's, it, but this but the ultimately the sprints were super helpful because it's like force you to just like you can't like if you stop you're losing your your time to write and it like forcing yourself to take a break in between is really great. And then of course, as I've mentioned, I'm very competitive. So um, I was like taking notes, like, oh, what was my word count when I started? Where did I end? How much did I write in that period of time? Did I beat my last high score? I'm never trying to be competitive with other people because that's super unhealthy in sprints because like you might have an idea and I don't for a section, but like in our little session of sprints, we wrote for two hours and did I beat any, like, what was my bet? How many words could I write in a sprint? How many, how was my best time? So that's like, I don't know. I think it's kind of like, I like gamifying everything. So um, I like that incentive a lot. Yeah, no, definitely, definitely. And so much of writing is, I feel a pretty um, lonely, isolative process. And so Nano really allows writers to connect and and discuss their projects and cheer each other on and i i really like that community that they've built they work really hard on keeping it a really good place and yeah. welcoming and everything so um and the the last one i had was you're talking about your schedule so what i've done is i figure out when kind of you know how i like graphs and charts and analyzing oh, yeah. things i like to see what time of the day I'm the most productive. Is it in the morning? Is it in the afternoon? Is it in the Ooh. evening? And then I kept track of that outside of Nano. And I know when I'm really hitting my stride. And it, for whatever reason, it's like between one and two o'clock. And my kids get home at three. And so I feel like maybe there's some pressure there. Like, oh, I haven't wrote today. I have to do this before they get off the bus. And I don't know, but between one and two, one and three, I just, slam out the words more than in the morning. Um, and I've 
I've actually talked to other writers and they have the same thing where it's like that's their time they can really write um, there's a really good uh, article if any of you <laughs> look it up it's at the sci-fi and fantasy writers uh, of America there is an article by Rachel Aaron and she talks about how she wrote um, or she has got to the point where she can write 10,000 words a day and holy smokes yes it's amazing now she didn't get there right away she just talked about how she built it up and that was the biggest thing was finding what time um really she was the most productive and um she has a whole bunch of different tips and tricks i love it it's a really great article um another part she talked about was um setting like your goal and then once you reach it then, then stepping away but she really encourages stopping mid-chapter um as much as you don't want to i know how i know how that feels stop mid-chapter stop when it's really at peak your flow and you're hitting just stop because it will motivate you the next day all you're going to think about the rest of the day is i want to get back and do that and it's going to get you back in the chair um and so that was really really great advice um that i've tried to follow she also is a big, not necessarily outliner, and I know that's a whole subject of its own, pantsing, plotting, all that <laughs> kind of stuff. But she, before she sits down to write, she will take out a notebook and she knows she wants to work on this chapter. She'll just do a quick paragraph, four or five sentences of what needs to happen, um, just real rough. And then she has that fresh in her mind and it just helps the whole chapter flow, her writing session. She'll do that before every single writing session. She'll write out, sometimes it's a page, just handwrite, just messy, what needs to happen, these beats need to happen, what dialogue needs to happen um, to progress the plot, all that kind of stuff. And then when you sit down, it just flows so much easier. You just kind of unblocked. Anything that was gonna be blocked, you already dealt with. Um, so yeah, so she has a lot of really good tips. Um, and how to write mass quantities if you want to if you want to reach that that's that's her tip so there's definitely like a there's definitely something to be said about the the quantity over quality uh mindset especially as you're trying to get into the like groove of writing because even just like 50,000 words last year versus this year you're going to notice like huge growth in like how readily your vocabulary comes to you. That's a, something I struggle with a lot is like, I, I have the words, I know what they mean, and, but I can't find them. I never even like, it's like the index doesn't even exist uh, as I'm like trying to scour my brain. Uh, so like writing, the more I do it, the easier it kind of becomes. Uh, I also though, I will say I want to, I want to be a pantser. I love this idea of being able to just sit down and like, let the story flow out of you. It's like so romantic and like kind of sexy, but at the same time, Every time I sit down, I'm like, let the story flow out of you. I'm like, wait, how did they end up here? There are a ton of plot holes. And I'm like, this is a disaster. And I, it's got nowhere to go. And it's like aimless characters who are interesting. And like, they're having cool dialogue. Like dialogue's a thing that I love writing. They're having cool dialogue and a really great interaction. It doesn't go anywhere and it doesn't further the story. Uh, so I've been trying outlining. And I know um, you advocate for the Save the Cat book. I think you pitched me. I do. Yeah, it's a really good. Um, it was a really good outlining book. Uh, I think that you recommended it like ages ago, and I saw you recommended it again on TikTok, and I was like, "Ooh, yeah, okay, yeah, let's talk about let's talk about that again." Um, and I I, I used the outline format. 
and I meticulously worked out how many words I wanted to be in each segment because I was like, okay, I know that I'm aiming for this is classic fan. I'm going doing uh, traditional kind of not traditional, but like modern adult fantasy. Uh, I need to be hitting the 80k mark uh, total. So we'll get my first 50 in November and then I'll kind of expand from there. So I know the benchmarks that I need to be hitting. And um, I got through the like first 60,000 words worth of like story. Uh, this is like me. This is a reflection of me as a writer and my pacing. Uh, like got through it in the first uh, like 35,000 words. And I was just like, well, now what am I supposed to do? Like, I don't understand like mm-hmm. A, pacing is hard. And B, I definitely don't understand how long it takes me to write a scene, right? Like how many words does it take Morgan to get from they enter the room to they find the knife to they're trying to make an accusation. Like I have no concept of how many words that takes me. And that is another thing that like, I think experience will continue to teach uh myself and like others if you're listening although maybe like maybe you've got that under control and you're one of those long-winded writers i know i hear about that a lot a lot of times especially when we're talking about fantasy like well i'm you know two hundred and thirty thousand words in and i'm really hoping we're gonna get to the climax soon you're like buddy you gotta cut that sucker short that's not gonna that's not gonna work (laughs) and i yeah i've definitely been there where i've had a chapter outlined and and i think oh this is definitely, I'm going to have 3,000 words for this chapter, no problem. And I get 1,500 into it or 1,800 into it. And I'm like, okay, we're rounding out already. I thought there was more content here. I thought there was going to be more stuff. And so that's definitely where outline comes into play. If you do like chapter summaries, you can go through or have someone else read it. And, and if it seems kind of light, like not a lot happens um, or one big thing happens, what other like side plots do you have going on? What other things um, can you have, you know, occur that kind of fills it in? You don't want to pad your chapter, but you want each chapter, if you can, serve more than one purpose. Instead of just the character going from A to B, can they go to like A, B, C, back to B, and then, you know, just have other characters come in and other characters leave that kind of thing you really want each chapter to pull its weight and um, have a lot of substance and and purpose and it is it is kind of a learning curve because i've had that exact same thing where it's the chapter's really lean and i go there was so much here but you just you just didn't have enough so um yeah that's just kind of that's just part of the learning curve and i feel like personally a lot of new writers, I encourage outlining. I encourage reading craft books about outlining, watching YouTube videos, um, doing conferences, whatever you can. There's so many online now um, and learn about pacing and tension and what kind of um, acts, you know, or beats that you need to have in there. Um, And then eventually when you are, have done that a few times, you can go more to pantsing if that's really where your heart is because then it's in the back of your mind you know okay this needs to have more third of the way through the book this needs to be happening oh we're midpoint this needs to be happening even if you didn't you know line for line write it all out in an outline you just know in the back of your head um what needs to happen and and writers authors that have been doing this a long time that's what they do they don't outline near as much as like new new authors do um, but it's a great skill to have. It will keep you from a lot of headache and heartache um, because you're gonna 
when you're all done with that book, you have to go back and edit it and you're going to have to cut a lot of stuff that you love. And it would just, it, you know, that's a lot of time. It's a lot of time. And if you can just from the beginning have a really good framework, it, it'll, it'll save you. The, I think the other thing when you're writing quickly and you're struggling with uh, pacing, so if you're listening and you're um, already in the middle and uh, writing and you get to the end of a chapter and you are like 500 words short of kind of what you hoped to land at, um, the D&D advice I always give is, um, did you describe, how did you describe the setting? Do we know what the characters see, smell, feel? Like not uh, like sensory feel, not um, emotional feel. Uh, like giving those descriptors to help bring a scene to life without dwelling on it too much uh, can really like bring things to a new level because you end up with, I'm imagining they're in a house and now I have a house in my head that I imagine they're in. Great, the story can move forward. But if you say it's a house and it's a townhouse and the first thing you see when you walk in is a staircase that's really steep and it leads up to a really dark upstairs, like now the reader is with you. We can we can picture the scene. It's a little more immersive and we're able to kind of better understand where the echo of her voice is coming from uh, as she shouts down from upstairs and why it would be so distorted from the kitchen in the back of the house versus the front where we can hear the voice come straight down the stairway. Like that's like kind of long-winded, but I think ultimately, you know, giving that scene setting and don't, don't forget smells. I feel like smells are the most important thing to me when I'm writing and like, I like, but what does it smell like? I ask that a lot. I've had um, one piece of advice they've, I've been told is to have the five senses. Every chapter, you need to have one scene with taste, one scene with smell, one scene with sound. Um, every chapter and if you go through a whole chapter and you don't have all five of those go and figure out where you can add them in taste is very hard um, taste is very hard um, but you can sometimes tie that to like an emotional like if they feel guilt or if they feel um, any you know anger sometimes that has kind of a different metallic taste or a, you know bitter uh, taste that kind of thing I was um, like what does otherwise, guilt taste like because like like ooh. like like bitterness coats their tongue because they feel guilt, that kind of thing. So it's gotcha. it's tricky if you're they're not eating, um, but definitely yeah, go through your chapters. And even if you're just writing like with Nano, whenever you can throw it in, if you haven't described a sound or you haven't described um, the way something smells, do it. Take some time to do it. It really grounds your reader. Um, it it makes for overall depth of of the experience. But don't wait too long to describe characters. That's actually like one of my biggest pet peeves is if I've already got an image of my of the character like in my mind and we're like five chapters in and then you describe the character as a stocky, you know, man, five, five, dark hair and a wide smile. And like, oh, I was totally picturing something else. Like I had someone in my mind. You waited too long with this description. It doesn't mean anything to me anymore. A good rule of thumb is the first page you should know what the character, at least general sense of what the character looks like, age and name within the first page. It doesn't always happen that way. It's really hard to make it organic. You know, if they're doing something, they don't have a mirror, they don't have someone, you know, describing them. But if you can make name, age, and the way they look in the first page, it's great. I definitely uh, applaud you if you're able to That's figure that out. <laughs> quite a feat, yeah. Yeah. So... Okay, so listen, Sarah and Morgan, I'm an aspiring writer, and I love this idea of Nano, and I want to participate, but friends, it's, uh, we're a few days into November, and, uh, I'm ready to get started, but, like, where, what, 
how what's the like what program am i opening just like start me at the basics like what do you like to write in and uh what have you tried writing in and what works for you well, first of all, you go to the NaNoWriMo website and you claim your project and you set your goal. And once you set it, you can't change it. So just make sure whatever you're titling it or whatever your goal is, make sure it's exactly what you want. Um, and then once you do that, you basically announce your project and it goes on the website and then it's ready to go. And it has a little word, uh, word count tracker that you can add to every day. Um, my favorite word processing program right now is Scrivener. Um, I really like how it has the chapters outlined. I like a lot of the features. Um, there's a ton of features, probably a lot that I don't even know about. Um, and it's just great. It just it has a lot of uh, distraction-free capabilities where I can enlarge um, my document and it blurs everything around it and it just allows it's called like focus view or something like that you can and like I dim live, the background more or less yes yes and then it also will as you're typing it'll auto center your document so it'll just keep moving it up so you don't ever have to stop to scroll you can just write and it lets the words flow um eventually after i do scrivener um i will do uh, a little bit of editing in there but then it usually ends up in a word uh, Microsoft Word document after that. Yeah. And Scrivener, I think Scrivener is like 50 bucks, but I, I yeah. think for, for a long time, there was a free trial, a free 30 day trial of it. So you could literally try it out for the month and see if like, does this help you write? And sometimes like that novelty is kind of exciting. Like, okay, look, I've been using a Google doc and that's fine and whatever, but like, it's, I need something fresh and exciting, like spice it up for me uh, and go and like download the Scrivener trial and, and give it a shot and like kind of play with it a little bit and, you know, an easy distraction that is like sort of tangentially related. So you might like claim it like I was working, I was working, I was learning script, I'm learning, I'm doing tutorials. Um, but yeah, I, I also use Scrivener. It is my uh, my program of choice. Uh, I, I bring this up because you mentioned I again, I follow all your TikToks. I really like to watch your TikToks. Um, oh, and you, you did recently say that you were using Word. Was that how you were editing? Is that where you're editing? Yes. I've spent pretty much most of the summer into the fall editing. And so I'm very excited for Nano uh, to write something new. It's been so long. So um, yeah, so I, I spent a lot of time in Microsoft Word with editing, um, mostly because that's I have to pass it back and forth with my agent. Um, and it's a lot easier than Scrivener. Um, and also they have uh, a lot of times Scrivener has coupon codes for 20% off that kind of thing. You keep an eye out on their Twitter or keep an eye out on their website. Um, that's, you can always get some coupon codes for it too. And I believe again, this is just the last couple years is what I'm basing this on. If you hit your 50,000 word mark, uh, and certify at the end of the month. I've done it. I've written my 50k. I hit my goal. You uh, you receive a coupon code for Scrivener there as well. Yes. Yeah. You can get a coupon code that way. Um, they get a really you get a really cute certificate. It's really and cute. You get to share stuff all over Twitter, and you can change your banner on Twitter. Um, it's a it's great. It's great fun. Lots of encouragement. Um, and they have on Nano, they have a lot of little awards for milestones. If you, you know, wrote three days in a row or five days in a row, or if you hit, you know, 20,000 words and they're just so fun and it's such great motivation. Um, I highly recommend it. 
it's good gamification. I also, okay, I want to talk about what we're writing because you were, said you're excited about drafting and I want to talk about that. But first, I want I do want to circle back very briefly and say I did try to use Google Docs um, because it seems like such a logical option. I was kind of exporting everything from Scrivener into Google Docs and sort of just keeping that document up to date. And then I could work on my phone if I was like away and I didn't have my computer and I like had an idea for the next piece that I was working on. I could just like pop in and like write some notes um, and ran very poorly after a couple thousand words uh it's really not optimized for that volume of content and i often found that i would be typing and i would be working on something and it would not save properly so i will say if you do want to go the google docs route split that sucker into a couple of smaller pieces make yourself a lot of backups um i think you should do that anyway regardless of what program you're using you should have backups periodically and uh like kind of exported files saved somewhere else so that you can like go back and retain it because the worst thing in the entire world is the feeling of i've finished something i've done something really great i can't wait to read it back and i have lost the file and scrivener has a great autosave function it'll mm -hmm. save to your cloud if you have like a OneDrive or you have whatever it'll autosave um it's very great i've had the google docs if I'm just doing a chapter or two, that kind of thing is okay. But yeah, full manuscripts, it does start to really take a toll on it. I've also ran into problems with formatting where I try and move paragraphs and then whole sections will be deleted and I don't know where they went or it somehow got put in the header. Have you ever had oh, that? Oh, yeah. Where you copy and paste and it's in the header and you're like, where is this and why is it? And it's just very frustrating. And then you delete it and you're like, oh, no, I shouldn't have deleted that, you know. So, um, yeah, Google Docs, if you just if you're on the go and you just need a you know, you want to knock out a chapter or whatever um, and then go home and put it into your into your computer. I that's what I would recommend, too. I think that's smart. So let's talk about drafting. Um, do you want to tell us about your project? I guess how much are you willing to share about your project for November? Uh, we, sh we should exchange some ideas. Um, so I am drafting a story that's been in my head for a couple years and I finally um, am able to after months of revising other projects I'm gonna sit down and write something new um, it's a young adult thriller and it's kind of um, like Midsommar meets um, Sadie oh. and so it has to do with a girl whose sister um, runs away and you find out she went to this dude ranch and if people aren't familiar with the dude ranch it's where um, people will go and it's a working ranch and they get to experience it ride horses work around cattle trail rides that kind of thing um, and you find out she goes there and so her sister follows her there um, she kind of ran away and once she gets there nobody has seen her um, and so she kind of has to unravel the mystery of where her sister went and it's up um set in montana up in the up in the mountains and the forest and that kind of thing and so um she has to kind of retrace her sister's steps to figure out where she went and um it's very fun it's it's kind of it's been in my mind for a long time and i finally there were some pieces to it and i didn't know um how it was all going to fit together but i was able to get a really good outline established and so i'm very excited um, to see where it goes that's exciting. Um, today I had my final like little aha moment piece put into place because I've been thinking about recording this with you for a while. And I was like, you know, I have this like rough idea. 
Yeah, yeah. So the story revolves around a woman who, uh, a young woman, it's, this is an adult uh, fantasy uh, called Forgotten But Not Lost, uh, about a woman who misses her appointment with the special counsel that was there to help her forget herself to banish her to somewhere else. Uh, misses her appointment, comes home, her family doesn't remember who she is, and she now has to put the pieces together of what are these people doing i've never heard of this happening to anyone because it has i've always forgotten them uh so she finds a friend on, makes a friend on the inside and together they have to infiltrate uh upper class society uh to establish herself as an artist in a way that would be totally unforgettable no matter what magic was brought in Very those cool. are really Very cool roundabout like explanation but we got there eventually <laughs> i'm working on my pitching <laughs> and that's the thing with nano you don't have to pitch you don't have to have a title you don't have to have any of that you just you just go you just go with it um and it, the idea is to just have fun and enjoy it and you know you don't have to think oh this is going to be published or oh this is gonna you know for whatever reason just just do it and each time you do it you'll learn more uh, about yourself, about your writing skills, your strengths, um, and come out of it just looking back at um, how you can you can go even higher. You'll learn that you're obsessed with writing stories about corrupt governments. Um, <laughs> you gotta have like a theme. It's right? like my it's like my shtick is like oh mm. Mm, capitalism again, huh? Oh wow, <laughs> it's great. You know, you get what you can. If any of you join NaNoWriMo, send me. Uh, buddy invite daisy underscore 22 and we can be buddies and you can send messages back to each other and you can see other people's projects and how far they are um, if you have a little bit of competitive streak it's great because you can you can definitely <laughs> pitch yourself against them um, so yeah i highly encourage encourage all of you to try it uh you can add me too and you can watch me uh binge and fail a little bit it's kind of exciting and also terrifying uh i am envious mango on uh nanowrimo because i only ever have one username ever so if you can find me on any platform as envious mango so here we are i guess that's it's, i've just shared that now consistency <laughs> is key it is so it's great well um hey thanks for talking with me i'm really excited to uh go ahead and like close this tab and immediately switch over and start writing because i have so much writing to do now uh this month and we hope you'll join us we're out of initiative but we're gonna get back into it go roll some dice and tell some stories and we'll see you next time Bye. Bye. thanks for listening to out of initiative a podcast from merely npcs for more from sarah and morgan visit merelynpcs.com or follow them on instagram at merely npcs